this jersey of Nick Foles uh, hangs in my office. And Nick Foles played for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he was a Super Bowl champion, MVP. And he signed that jersey for me, and it now hangs in my office each and every day. Uh, the interesting part is, you see, now Nick Foles doesn't play for Philadelphia. He is a Chicago Bear. And he was traded to be their quarterback from Philadelphia to Jacksonville, now to Chicago. And here is what I know. He might have changed teams. He might have changed jerseys. But the name on the back of his jersey stayed the same. I'm not a Philly fan, nor am I really a Chicago Bears fan. But after I met Nick Foles and he spoke at our church, I am a Nick Foles fan. And you see what matters to me is the name. The name on the back of his jersey. And you know what matters to God? Your name. And you might not have a jersey. You might not have won an MVP in the Super Bowl. But you have something that matters even more. And Nick would tell you the same thing. See, here's what I know today. For those of you who are followers of Jesus, you are a child of the Most High God. Your identity, which is rooted and now founded in Jesus, is so important because you have been given an inheritance as one of his children. And that inheritance is secure and eternal. You've been adopted into God's family and your name matters because you are a child of the Most High God. See, for those who are led by the Spirit, the book of Romans says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, well, they are the children of God, Romans 8, 14. So those of you who are children of God, you're either going to be led not by your desires, not by your wisdom, not by your flesh as the Bible calls it, but you will be led by the Spirit of God. Your identity is then found in Jesus Christ. It is received from God, not achieved by your works or by your effort, and it is not dependent on how well you perform but is seen in your faithfulness to live a life that is reflective of your Savior. And because of the Spirit of God that now dwells in you, another writer by the name of John says it this way, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. See, this advocate, he lives with you, and he will be in you. So when Paul says, you now live and are led by the Spirit because you are a child of God, what he means is because of Jesus Christ and your adoption into the family of God, you have received this promise of the Holy Spirit. And that Spirit of God lives within you and walks with you. He takes up residence and he advocates for you. He believes in you, which today should give you a foundation of security and hope. In other words, as a child of God, you have been given everything you need from the God of everything that you have. Led by the Spirit simply means that your life is now oriented or redirected by the Spirit instead of being directed by you. It is oriented in a way that would honor and live for your heavenly Father. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. When we read the scriptures, we see that we've been adopted into his family. And God has been pursuing his people 
And back in the Old Testament, we see that God was pursuing his people and trying to free the Israelites out of slavery. God was leading them and he came to them in person. It says that God would travel with his people in a pillar of clouds by day and a pillar of fire by night. God had freed these Israelites from slavery in Egypt and was leading them into the promised land. And a long and painful journey that they were on. They just kept wanting to go back into captivity as slaves. See, when things got hard and seemed overwhelming, they would cry out for the good old days of being held captive in, as slaves in Egypt. Yet you see, God had freed them to bring them ultimate freedom. But so many days, they were just held captive by their fear and they longed for their past. They were freed, but they hadn't grabbed a hold of their freedom yet. So Paul comes and he says, hey, listen up. Don't be like the people that went before you. Don't be like those Israelites. They received the promise of God, but they were stuck in their bondage of fear and faithlessness. And the whole point of their freedom was to one day lay hold of their inheritance that God was giving them as his children. See, God had promised, yet they continued to long for their enslavement. And they stopped focusing on the future God had promised them. There was a man by the name of Timothy Henry Gray. He was a homeless man at the age of 60, was found dead, having died of hypothermia. You see, he'd been homeless for years and was unable to survive one of winter's grueling nights. And what makes Timothy's story unique was, well, that Timothy was actually a millionaire, yet he never knew it. You see, he was the great-grandson of the founder of Las Vegas. And at his death, it was estimated and revealed that he was worth around $19 million. Think about that. Max Lucado writes it this way. If we had stood to inherit so much money like Timothy did, we'd make it our aim in life to receive and have access to all of our inheritance. Wouldn't we? I think I probably would. Not sure about you. But think about it, for those of us who follow Jesus, the question is, do we? Do we access all that we have access to? All that we inherit by being a child of God? Do we live right now in our daily lives as one with an inheritance that will never diminish in value, that will never fail in the promises that are made to us, that will never give up and is fighting for us each and every moment of every day? Do we give up on the God who has given us that kind of inheritance? Do we believe in him and trust in him and continue to have faith in him when things seem to be going in a different direction or in a direction that is so opposite of what we thought life would be. You see, in this season, is that the way you're living? Are you living as a child of God who, who no longer is enslaved to fear and insecurity? Are you living in a way that, that you're saying, I have a foundation that is unshakable because of God and his promises to each and every one of you and his promises that his words say are for you? Let me ask you this. Are you capturing the worrisome thoughts that come across your mind in this season. Maybe it's not the worry, maybe it's the angry thoughts or the fearful thoughts of a future that is so unknown and unseen. I think that this is why Paul instructs us to take every thought captive because if it begins to ruminate in our minds, it then becomes our reality, even if it's not true or not even happening. He says in 2 Corinthians 
chapter 10. Although we are in the world, we just don't fight like the world. We are in a battle against a greater enemy that is trying to feed us. And then he says this, so because of that, we take captive of every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I love that. We grab a hold of every thought and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. That word captive means to bring under control, to captivate, to grab your attention. And we say, we give that over to God and let him captivate our souls and our hearts and our minds. And what Paul is saying is, when you are held captive to fear, he wants you to grab that thought and be captivated by God's word that says this in 2 Timothy, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. When you feel like God has forgotten you and doesn't know you as a son or daughter or isn't hearing you, speak these words over your life that are found in Romans 8.38 that says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I know how easy it is to forget I know how easy it is to become more fearful than actually faithful, to, to walk in, in your own strength and forget the power that you and I have access to as a child of God. I mean, come on. The Israelites in the Old Testament, they forgot all the time. And they were about ready to take possession of the promised land. God had given them this land. He had promised it to them. And dissension started to happen. And the people started to become angry and they began to turn on each other because you know what? They forgot that God had promised and God is a promise keeper and a promise giver. And what happens with Moses and his people were they began to turn on each other and Miriam and Aaron started to talk against Moses and really against God. And what begins to happen in the book of Numbers is they started to question God and they started to accuse Moses, their leader. And the text in Numbers chapter 12 tells us that God burned with anger against them because of what they were doing. And so he called the three of them outside for a meeting, the text tells us. And it says, God came down in a pillar of cloud and he calls out Aaron and Miriam and he says, listen to my words. Oh man, wouldn't you have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that conversation? Miriam and Aaron, listen to my words. I just want to let you know when God says, listen, man, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to listen. And God begins to point out their faithlessness and their disobedience. And after that conversation, God then struck Miriam with leprosy for seven days. And Aaron looked at her face, at the defiling skin and disease and said, Please, Lord, have mercy on me. Don't hold my sin against me. And God had mercy on him. So to prove that what he had promised was true, he said to Moses, here's what I want you to do. I want you to send spies into the promised land that I've given you. I want you to go ahead and I want you to explore it. I want you to see that what I said is going to be true. And they did that. And the spies went forward. And as they came back, they said, oh yeah, this land is as God has told us. It is flowing with milk and honey. We need to go forth and we need to possess it. But, there's always a but, isn't there? Chapter 13 of Numbers, verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. I mean, I know God gave it to us, but they are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they explored. They said this, the land we explored, it devours those living in it. All the people we saw there, they're great of size. Many of us 
who follow Jesus and say we are a child of God are exactly like those Israelites. God's word says we have a spirit of love and a spirit of power and a spirit of a sound mind. We have a God who will never leave us nor forsake us. His word is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Yeah, but (laughs) everyone is saying that our situation right now is different. We can't overcome this. We should be fearful to go out and and live, that we have to worry because of the uncertainty, that we can't possibly continue to be generous in this season after all. Look at all that has been taken taken from us, and the list goes on and on and on, and those thoughts begin to ruminate in our minds. And because many of us are filling our minds with the mindless conversations between men and women who aren't God, we begin to take on their view because that is all we are listening to. And then when it goes into our minds, and we don't take the negative thoughts captive. We are captivated by the world's point of view. This is too big for God. This is too big for us to handle. I don't know if God can get us through this. And this is what the Israelites started to do with Moses. And then guess what happened? They started to rebel. They started to cry out. They started to accuse one another. They began to lose trust in their God and in their leaders. Yet two men stood in the gap and stood up for Moses and God. And it was Caleb and Joshua who stood before everyone in chapter 14, verse 8 and 9. And he says this, If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land. And it is a land flowing with milk and honey. And he will give it to us. Do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. And Caleb and Joshua, they realized that it didn't matter what obstacles were in their way. God had promised the land to them, and so it was as good as theirs. And that is a view for us today. See, to be people of unshakable hope, we must place our trust in the one who is unshakable. And I just want to remind you, it doesn't matter what anyone says. That it is what God says. And so that it is what God says that I am going to do it. And if God's word says it, then I'm going to live by it and I'm going to trust. And I'm going to believe in in his unshakable hope that has never failed me yet. And I want to remind you, it doesn't matter how seemingly insurmountable the obstacles are right now. It doesn't matter how everyone else is acting or what everyone else is doing. I am placing my trust in an unshakable, all-powerful God. And here's what Chronicles tells us, that this is our God and here is who we serve. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Let me tell you today, as a child of God, you have been given access to everything you need from the God of everything you already have. And as God's children, we are no longer slaves to fear, but we have the gift of being led by God's spirit. And now we are reminded that we have been adopted into his family. Listen to what verse 15 says again. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by that, we cry out to him, Abba, Father. See, under Roman Empire in that day, adoption It was the life and standing of the adopted child that changed completely. That adopted son lost all rights in his old family and gained all new rights in his new family. The old life of the adopted son 
was completely wiped out with all its debts. They were canceled forever with nothing from his past counting against him anymore. You see, adoption is one of the most profound realities in the universe. I say universe and not world because adoption is greater than the world. It was before the world began that God planned our adoption and it will outlast the world as we know it. You see, adoption is rooted in God's very own nature and not only are we adopted, but we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus Christ. We have the privilege of relating to the Father as Jesus does. Verse 16 goes on and says, The Spirit himself now testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Because we are in Christ, we have the privilege of relating to the Father as Jesus Christ does. And therefore, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. What an amazing verse. See today, the faithfulness of God, it's been seen long before us. And it's going to live on long after us. So let me ask you, if you are a child of God, will his faithfulness be seen in you? Will it be seen in you in this season of uncertainty, of sometimes fear, of days when we don't know really what tomorrow holds? Will it be a season when you can look back and say, my God was faithful then, which means he's going to be faithful now and means he's going to be faithful forever? Do you believe that? Do you trust that as a child of God? Because he says you have an inheritance that not is just waiting for you in heaven. It is for you right now that the power of the living God dwells within you and you have access it at any time. You need patience. He said, I've got that. You need joy. I can bring that. You need kindness and goodness and faithfulness. I'm here for you. Our God is available and his power is available to you right now in this moment. And as we close, I want to remind you of the God you serve. As I was preparing um, for this sermon, I opened up my desk drawer and I began looking around and, and, and somehow there was this uh, paper from my son in second grade. And they asked him to write a paragraph or three sentences. So he wrote um, the front and the back <laughs> completely about the omnipotent God that he serves. And omnipotent just means all powerful. And here's what he says. Omnipotent means all-powerful. God is the only one who can be said that is omnipotent. God is all-powerful and he can change water into wine. Remember, this is a second grader. He saved his son from the grave. He also was with Jonah in the fish's body. He saved Lot from the city he lived in that was destroyed seconds after he started running out of it. He was with Esther as she became queen. He took the Jews out of Egypt and he gave them a promised land. He was with Paul in jail. He and the Jews made Jericho fall down. He gave his one true son for us so that we might live. And John said that if we accept Jesus, we will have eternal life. He was with Malachi, Moses, and Aaron. I don't know how he chose those three, but he was with Malachi, Moses, and Aaron. He helped Aaron make his altar, and Moses was sent to get the Ten Commandments. He made this earth for me and you to live in. When he healed the ten lepers, 
He created man. Sarah gave birth in her 90s. He changed Abram's name to Abraham. But not only that, he changed his whole lifestyle too. He created this book, the Bible, so we can read it every day. He healed the sick man man as he rose from the, the ceiling as Jesus touched him and he was healed. He helped and strengthened David as he fought Goliath. He saved Daniel in the lion's den. He transformed Matthew, the text collector, into his disciple. He walked on water by just believing in God's power. He saved the apostles in a terrible storm way out at sea. Jesus' disciples, Peter, Paul, and Andrew were catching fish at night. And Jesus yelled to them, go to the other side of the boat. As soon as they did, they caught an insurmountable bunch of fish. As soon as they pulled them in, the swarm of people gathered at the shore. When Paul had been camping out in the wilderness with Jesus, he was bit by a snake, but there was no harm. When the Jews started worshiping other idols, God cracked a hole in the ground and half of them fell in. How he changed John the Baptist into a great man who was baptized, I don't know. But in Egypt, the angel of death crossed over everybody except the Jews and every firstborn in their family would die. God is an awesome, all-powerful God. That's a second grader writing those words. The faith of a child will lead you. That's the God you serve today. And he was faithful before we ever entered this earth and he will be faithful long after we leave this earth. But the question is, are you gonna be faithful to him right now? Because he comes and he says, you are my child and you are a son and a daughter and I've given you an inheritance and now I'm asking you to live out that inheritance on this earth and trust by the power of the spirit that I am with you and I am for you. So in this moment, where do you need to trust God? Where do you need to trust God right now for what he has already given you? What promises do you need to let ruminate in your mind to remind you of the goodness and the grace of the God we serve? See, the name on your jersey, it matters to God. See, if you're his child, It doesn't matter that you've won a Super Bowl, that you're an MVP. It doesn't matter if you're a plumber or a carpenter or a banker or if right now you don't even have a job. He doesn't care about any of that. He just cares about you and he calls you a son and a daughter of the Most High God. He has an inheritance for you and I just want to remind you today, he is with you and he is for you and he will never forsake you. Can you imagine, can you imagine being God's child and, stand, and standing right in front of the Red Sea when God spoke. And Moses waved his hand and the sea parted and they could walk right through it. Can you imagine what they thought when they looked back <laughs> and the waters were on every side and they realized that they were not held captive to their slavery any longer. They were no longer in chains. They were no longer drowning in fear that the creator of the universe etched deep within their soul on that day, I believe, that they were no longer alone but had been adopted by an almighty God that was working and creating a way for them when there seemed that there wouldn't be a way. See, now they were seeing firsthand that the mighty God was calling them sons and daughters. And that is you today. Because I just believe our God still parts the seas. I believe our God still heals the sick. I believe our God still moves in the hearts and lives of people. And he is bringing sons and daughters into his family today. And I believe just like my son wrote in 2008 when he was in second grade, that this God is an all-powerful and awesome God. 
And today, if you are sitting and you are watching this and you have never experienced the love of God and you have never asked him to be the savior of your life, that you are not a son and daughter of the most high king, that today is your day of salvation. And as I pray here in a moment, you can just pray with me. And God says that I'll come into your life and that I'll change you. And I just won't change you and I won't leave you. I'm giving you an advocate by the spirit of God and you can have access to the power of God in your life right now, right where you are. Settle that question today because there's no other question that is more important. Who will you serve? Who will you be faithful to? My prayer is that you will be faithful to our God because he has not stopped being faithful to you. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you that today we can come and we can be reminded because of Jesus Christ, we are your sons and your daughters. Thank you for an inheritance that is to come, but thank you for an inheritance that is right now. And for those of us who are your children, we thank you, God, that you love us and you care for us and you are with us. For those watching right now that have never made a decision that right now, simply in their heart, they would just say, God, I want to know you. I want to experience your power in my life and I give myself over. I give my life to you. And in your own words, right where you are, just say, God, um, just forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. I, I choose to believe, God, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to be my savior. And so now I accept this gift of salvation and I want to live my life for him. And scripture says that, that when we confess and we believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that we are part of God's family. So for those of you who prayed that, I just want to welcome you. You are adopted by the most high God. You are part of his family. You are a son or a daughter right now. And his power is given to you by the power of the spirit to live and to love and to be faithful to him. So God, we thank you today that you are continuing to transform hearts and lives. We thank you that in the midst of craziness in our world, we can have a sure foundation that is set, that is strong, and that is secure. So today, God, thank you that we matter to you. Thank you that our names matter, not because of what we do and not because of anything that we have accomplished, but because of what you have done for us. So God, thank you that you know our names. Thank you that we do not have to be slaves to fear any longer, but we can be free. May we take hold of our inheritance this day and may we find freedom in you. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray all these things. Amen.